Right then, so a fun little fact about myself is that I have uh, three sisters, two of which are older and they are twins. And uh, one thing you may not also know is they embarked in the world of wrestling once upon a time. On that journey, they met a lot of very uh, interesting and very lovely people who have become long-time friends to them, one of which is a man called Mr. Rob Terry. Rob's with me today. How are you today, Rob? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, um, we, we eventually got there, didn't we, in uh, finding each other online. <laughs> So, um, for the people who may not be familiar with yourself, who is Rob Terry and what does he do? Right, that, that, that is a, a big question, I guess, but I, I'll probably have to try and condense as much as I can because I can probably talk for you know a long time of, of how I got over here in the States and and my accent probably confuses a lot of people because there's a little bit of Welsh in there, now there's a lot of Americans, so basically, um, to cut the story down, I, I'm... I was huge into fitness from a really, really young age, um, probably from 13, which is probably way too young. I would say to most people, I'd say wait till you get to 15 or 16 and then, you know, start working out. But I started working out and I fell in love with fitness generally. You know, I became a huge fan of a lot of the, the icons in the industry, um, of Arnold Zira. Um, and fitness kind of became my life. I revolved everything around it. Um, I was obsessed with it. Um, I started to compete as a natural bodybuilder at the age of 18 and 19 and went into my 20s. Um, I got hooked on that. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. And it, it just it showed me so much about myself, the discipline, everything about it was just amazing. And even to this day, I still feel just as strong. And it's, it's given me potentially all the opportunities that I've I've ever had, I really owe to fitness because I, I, I continued as a natural bodybuilder all the way competing, doing about 30 plus shows um, until I competed and I turned pro in a company called Muscle Mania, which is actually in uh, Hollywood, California. And that's where they were WWE scouts and they saw me and they thought, hey, you know, you're a really, you know, I'm six foot five, I'm um, I gotta do the, the stones conversion now. I'm always used to saying pounds, but uh, I'm I'm I, at the time I was about 22 stones, so um, which I'm pretty close to right now. And they thought, hey, you know, you got a great luck, and we'd love to sign you as a, a WWE athlete. And you know, even though I'm saying to you, and you know, I'm saying you know, bodybuilding was my dream. One of the major components of that were were wrestlers. You know, what I'm saying because. In the era that I used to watch professional wrestling, there were a lot of guys who, who were a huge influence to me. And, you know, name some guys like Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, um, the Road Warriors, you know, all these guys were just larger than life, huge muscular guys. And nothing more really appealed to me about that. It just reinforced everything that, that I wanted to obtain. And, um, you know, for, for that to sort of culminate 360 and for that to happen was like... I, I can't really tell you, I can't even put into words how that felt, you know what I'm saying? It was just, I was, I tried to get into the wrestling world during my journey as a, as a bodybuilder, but it just, it just didn't work out, timing, whatever it was, but it was just, at that point, it was right place, right time, perfect timing, and it was, it was as if every single thing I'd ever done in my life before, I just got rewarded for it, do you know mm. what I mean? And, um, you know, they flew me to the States. Um, 
you know, when I, I was at the, the WWE headquarters and, you know, I had the training facility. And now I was sort of mingling with guys who I'd been a fan of, like, forever, you know what I mean? I'm meeting these guys like Hulk Hogan, um, all, all these, these names, and I, I've got to work with them. And it's just, it's been phenomenal. It's got me opportunities that I could never have dreamed of. So I will continue, you know what I mean, my journey of fitness mm. for as long as I can. That's amazing, and it's just, it, it's kind of like, you know, you, you're probably similar to me where, um, you know, you like to listen to, like, the old Arnie talks on YouTube before training, and, you know, he's going on about how, you know, if you if you put your focus and energy into a goal and just work so hard, it, it does come true, and you're kind of living proof of that, aren't you? Uh, I, I like to think so, you know what I mean? I think, you know, a lot of the, I do, you know, I, there was a time I'd watch Pump and Iron, I think, every single day before I trained. <laughs> Um, but, but not, not only that, but, you know, there's, there's certain things, you know, he'll say other than the, the usual corny lines of like, you know, I'll be back, get to the job, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But there's, there's, there's things, I mean, there's things that he says in actual interviews or, you know, I don't know where they're from, but they're sort of, I'll listen to things sometimes that he says. And when you really sort of listen to them and, and kind of understand them, the way that his mindset works is that he believed he was going to do whatever he set out to do. And I think that that's such a strong thing, you know what I mean? you really got to believe that, that, that wherever you want to go, you, you, you can get that, you know what I mean? And, and and his vehicle was fitness, just kind of the same as mine, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. obviously, he's a huge action movie and star and everything else. And one of my goals growing up was, was to become a professional wrestler. And, and I use fitness as a tool, as a driving mechanism to get it. So... Yeah, you know, I love listening to stuff like that. It, it's extremely powerful and it motivates the hell out of me. Mm. And what was he like when you met him in person? Ah, that that was that was another thing. You know, um, I, I was very fortunate that I, I've met Arnold twice, and uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to say he's. I, I was really nervous. You know, <laughs> um, you know what I mean. You, you're meeting your icon. You're meeting the, the guy as a kid. I mean. I was just all about every single movie he did. So meeting him was um, was something else. You know, I wish I had spent more time with, with him at the time. You know what I mean? And same as the second time. He, he's, you know, when you meet him, you're not able to spend that much time with him because he's got so much people to, you know, see and all. But it was one of the greatest experiences of my life as well, you know what I mean? To, to meet him and, and talk with him briefly and, and um, you know, I, I hope I get the chance to do it again. Mm. So let's let's strip things back right to the start, um, because you know Lucy and Kelly, uh, my sisters, they they spoke so highly of you, and um, you know they said, you know, there's, there's a guy for, when they, we're talking OVW nine years ago, nine ten years ago, and they were said, oh, um, I think that when you, when you came along, they were trying to explain you to me. Um, and I think the first time I met you, you were stood next to Spud, which is quite funny because, you know, um, <laughs> you two walking around together looked, um, uh, well, it just, it didn't really go together. It was quite, you had this, uh, you know, I think Spud's like five, seven, five, eight. Like, like Danny DeVito and Arnold. Yeah, it was exactly that. It's like twins. And, you know, I can say this as, um, I can say this as a straight male. I literally, my jaw was literally on the floor. I was... And um, you know, I'm not. I don't really say this with many people in terms of uh, being complimentary, but you know, 
to be as lean and big as you are, the, the dedication is quite incredible. Can you can you start from the beginning, at the age of thirteen? What what were you doing? As in, like, um, you know, what kind of? I know it's like a, a very typical, like stereotypical question, but what kind of split did you start off with? Did you go? Did you make all the mistakes, the typical bro thing, or did you kind of find a formula that worked pretty well from the, from the get go? Again, this, this is another question that can really sort of vamp off into to multiple directions. So I'll, I'll try and stay as focused as I can. But um, so when I was, so what happened with me, first of all, I mean, at 13, I was probably a lot taller and just bigger built, you know what I mean, than, than a lot of the other kids. I was, I think, in my year group at the time, I was like the tallest kid. Um, well, I think there was another guy who was tall, but he was just skinny tall. You know what I mean? I was I was tall, and I was I was pretty thick set as well. Um, and I remember I I came to Florida, which is funny because I live here now, and I said then that I wanted to live in Florida. So I um, I came over with my my parents, and we stayed in a hotel, and they had a swimming pool, they had a gymnasium there. So my my father's not really a gym guy; he, he'd rather go swim. So I think he wanted to show me a gym you know what I mean I didn't I didn't really sort of venture into a gym before that and I remember we, we started sort of training legs and we were doing these leg leg extensions and I could just feel like this huge blood flow in my legs and, and they started to swell up and I was like this is awesome you know what I mean it was, I, I want to do this more so when I came home I, I knew nothing about training splits I knew nothing about nutrition all I knew was that I saw these guys on TV and I just wanted to be like them. I didn't know how, I just wanted to be like them. So um, I came home and, you know, I, I just demanded time after time. I said, I want to wait to that. So I think I think my, my parents went to Toys R Us because I, I was just constantly asking them. And they got me one of these Toys R Us, like, wait sets. So it was, it was very, like, primitive. And I started training and training and training. And then uh, like a lot of the American people will know this, but there's a place in Argos, Argos in the UK. Um, so I ordered a, a sort of set of weights from, from Argos, and they're sort of the more, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, more sort of gym-style weights, you know what I mean? They, they, they were pretty heavy, and they were pretty good. And I started working out, and I think it was just like one year of just working out, not really knowing what I was doing, training a lot of arms, training a lot of chest, experimented with a lot of box splits. And um, by the time I was like 14, going on 15, I was, I was bigger than most guys. So at that point, I joined the gym. Um, and then I think a lot of the bigger bodybuilders sort of saw me and they just couldn't believe how, how young I was. So they all started throwing their input, you know what I mean? You want to train legs, you know, you want to do this split, you want to do that split. So for me, it was a lot of input was coming at me. And I had to kind of figure out what was best for my body, how my body responded. So I try a lot of these workouts and styles, and I kind of checked what I felt was good, and I kind of threw away what wasn't. So it wasn't like today where... Where it blows my mind how much information you know is available today. You know what I mean? All these trainings, but and it, it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, it was so different. I, I, I kind of feel old as well now when I say this because you know back then there, there wasn't so much of this this internet hype that's available to you. And even these top people today, they want to pass on this knowledge because it helps them out. So um, yeah, so pretty much I, I kind of just had to feel out what was good, what worked. 
Uh, a good split for me was on a, I did a chest day, then I did a back day, then I did legs, and then I did shoulders and arms, and then my my day six, which was um, a weak point training. So, like, say, for example, I wanted to do some side delts, I'd do a little bit of biceps um, or abs. It would just be smaller groups of muscle and then maybe some cardio, and then um, I'd try and take day seven off, and then I'd repeat the cycle then again. So that was kind of my um, my process, and I stuck with that for a long, long time. I was religious, you know, international chest day, back day, leg day, shoulder day, and then arms, and then uh, on a Saturday, it was just kind of, you know, whatever I feel, I didn't hit hard enough, maybe in the week, I'll, I'll hit it again. Mm. So if you had to pinpoint, like, one specific mistake you made in your early years of training, what would you say it was? That is a great question. Um, so my principles have changed, um, and it, if you—if I would have said this to myself, maybe ten years ago, I'd have probably been really mad at myself. Okay, because um, again, like you know, a lot of people will will have doubts of me, and you know, they always have. But I, I always take it as a compliment, you know, my natural ability to, to be the size and condition that I am. But not only, I, I'm a pretty, I guess people would say that I'm a pretty strong guy as well. So when when I was kind of in my 20s, I was, I was all about weight, you know what I mean? And not just weight for one rep, I was all about weight for 12 reps. I wanted to see how much weight I could push like, uh, I think when I was doing bench press, it would be like 180 kilograms for close to 10 to 12 reps. And I'd be looking to do three sets of that. You know what I mean? So um, so it was everything like that. Everything like that I kind of had in my mind and that was my target. If I could go back in time, I would try and train the way that I do now because I was, I've been very, very lucky to dodge the bullet because I believe that, you know, a lot of guys today, they train like I used to and eventually one day your body's good. You can only take so much. So I would train with, you know, the time under tension, um, slower reps, more control, isolated, all these things that, that have longevity. Um, that's what I'm all about now, you know. So I want to stay the condition and the size that I am, and I want to stay for as long as I can. I don't want to blow a pack. I don't want to tear a bicep or a quad. I want to be as healthy as I can for as long as I can. You know, I, I love the fitness industry. I don't want to just do it for a couple of years, get injured, and then have to rehab and come back. That's, that's not what I'm about. So I'd probably change some of my, my thought processes and be more open to other dynamics of training. Um, because in, the way that I describe it is, Lifting heavy weight is just one frequency, you know, but there are so many different frequencies that you can have to stimulate muscle and you should be using them all, you know, because they all shock the muscle into the next drive of, of growing, you know, so mm. why not use them? And has that been influenced at all by uh, training at MI40 with Ben and, and Dave at all or um, is that something you fell upon yourself? Um, well, you know, Training with Ben is, is, is that's Ben Pukowski, for you guys who probably uh, wasn't aware, but Ben, ben is, is a super detailed guy. So I, I was pretty much on key with that style of training um, way before I even met Ben. But 
then when I trained with Ben, he would have he would intensify it even more. Do you know what I mean? So, um, like he, he's he's amazing at that style. He really is. But it, it was just something that when I trained with him, man, I, I was super sore because he was that that intense with that style. You know what I mean? It wasn't we lifted good weight, but it was the form and the strictness and time under tension was was relentless. So um, yeah, that 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 was definitely a, a good sort of. Um, it was good to train with him to sort of mm. see that and how it worked as well. Cool. So we've, we've touched on uh, training, which I'm sure we'll revisit, but let's let, let's not look, overlook one of the, well, the more important side of things, which is um, how much do you have to eat, <laughs> you know, on a, and how much uh, did you have to eat? So, uh, again, one of the things about me is that, that maybe a lot of people don't know is that when I was nine years old, I... Um, I had a kidney removed. So, um, one of the things when I tell people that I'm natural is my my family were very very scared, if you like, about me getting into this. So, I, I kind of said to them, "Look, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be natural, and I'm going to stay natural." So that was one of the things I did there. But in terms of nutrition and whatnot, I kind of have to keep it down as well. You know, there are a lot of guys who have like, I don't know, a little figure of like five, six, seven hundred grams of protein a day. Um, I keep everything relatively relative to my weight. So I'll have maybe 300 grams of protein a day on a really good day. It'll really never exceed that. If anything, it'll come below. Um, but in terms of food intake, I have, like I say, six meals a day, 50 grams of protein per meal. That's kind of my baseline. That's all that is. That really never changes. Um, and then as far as carbohydrates, that's kind of manipulated depending on if I'm off season, um, if I'm on a contest, and I'll obviously drop the carbohydrates down and fluctuate that on a cycle. And then my fat, roughly, I want to say, for 70, I want to say 70, 80 grams of fat a day. Mm. Um, but yeah, in terms of like a, ca- a caloric intake, uh, four thousand is probably pretty high. Mm. I want to say sort of at least three and a half to four thousand. Again, genet- you know, genetic genetics plays a huge part. Some people might think I, I eat more, but that, that's that's probably the top end of my nutrition there. Mm. But I just make sure what goes in is as good as it gets. You know what I mean? I, I have no problem spending money on myself. Uh, <laughs> getting good food because it's going on me you know what I mean so yeah I think that's it's a really it's a great point because you know I think I think uh, people who want to get stronger and build muscle they they kind of get told like you know you need to eat you need to bulk you need to have like peanut butter sandwiches and and shakes with whole milk and all that but then um, one thing I've been getting into recently is just like how much the importance of of um of general health and and keeping inflammation low and and it's amazing how you, much your body doesn't actually need i mean i myself i'm um about 200 pounds for you uh, and that it, it um you know I, i'm i'm pretty i get by on 3000 calories a day um pretty fine but i think it's quite amazing for someone who's what well, you probably you probably sit about what is between six and eight percent body fat all year round? Would you say? Yeah, I try and stay as lean as I can. Um, and again, I, I hate going back to genetics and stuff, but like 
So if we go back to when I first started, I, I didn't have a clue about nutrition. Uh, you know, everybody wanted to tell me what exercises to do, how much I should be lifting, but no one really told me how I should be eating. In fact, when, when I was sort of first getting into my competition sort of thing, it was, it was like a secret, you know what I'm saying? All these bodybuilders who were doing really well, they wouldn't tell you how to, how to prep for contest. They weren't any sort of coaches or anything like that, like teams that you had today. It was, it was, you know, you, it was just really hard to get that information. So my nutrition from, you know, 18, till I was 18, maybe in my twenties was horrendous unless I was doing a show and then I, I would keep it clean. So, I think it was to the point where I was in, I was 23 years old and I decided, hey, you know, I was uh, 23 stone at the time. And, and again, I was lucky because I still had abs. I was just a big dude. Um, and I decided I want to look more athletic. And I dropped down to, to 20, um, about 20 stone. So I just cleaned my diet up and I, I, would, I just stuck to that diet constantly like, Six days a week, I have a cheat meal one or one day. So um, I kind of had that same notion: as it, it, you put in so much junk in your system, it just it's not good. So mm. I, I stayed with that, and it just makes the training process so much better for me. Mm. And Lucy and Kelly tell me stories about how um, how ded- dedicated you are, and um, you know, getting tubs of chicken and rice out in the line at Disneyland. And you know, never missing a meal, and always preparing, always having. And I think that's what people massively overlook is that you know it doesn't happen by accident. And people can point the finger at genetics and this and that, but you know, to to stay in that condition, stay strong and big, you know, doesn't happen. Um, you know, there's no there's no get out clause. You need to be that dedicated, which is what what people generally I, overlook, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know it. I have to, you have to prepare, you know what I'm saying, preparation is key, um, I'll try and bring my food with me um, everywhere I go, pretty much, you know what I mean, so that, that just reduces the temptation, because I am human, you know what I'm saying, I, I do like um, my food, uh, when I say food, I mean, you know, you can say whatever, Indian, pizza, Chinese, it all it all goes down pretty well, but if, if I prep my food and I have it with me, then there's less chance of me going that way, you know what I mean, so that's kind of my way around that. Mm. Cool, so one thing that you said off air that you're happy to speak about, and something that, you know, must get, you must get tired of hearing, but you've you know, it comes with well. What do, shouldn't come anymore with the title that you've just won. But um, look, first of all, what is it that's because um, I, I think it's fantastic. You're an advocate of natural bodybuilding, but was it purely the kidney thing, or was there anything else that said that made you say, right, I'm going to be natural and stay natural for the rest of my life? Um, having a kidney out, you know, I was aware from a very young age that. There's two ways you can do it. You know what I mean. Um, and this it, is it's hard to describe this. So when I had my kidney out and I started training the years after, and I saw so much development, um, and I started training in a gym, and I think before I started my first show, someone said, someone came up to me and they said, "Look, you're you're in incredible shape for the age you are." You know, you're absolutely massive, but there's no way you're going to get any bigger. There's just no way you're going to do it. And I don't know what happened, 
Um, I can't remember, but it, it, I had that that mindset of like I'm going to prove you wrong, and I, I just think I I ate I just ate so much food. I trained my ass off, and it just my mind was just yes I am, and it's, my body just followed my mind um, to the point where I just kept on just kept on gaining, just kept on gaining size, and I think you know when you're in your early twenties, your body's naturally anabolic anyway so i made all these gains um and, and they pretty much stayed with me all my life so um plus for me i think it's when you build something and i don't want to say i'm proud of it but i built i am proud of it i built it in such a way that i just want to keep going it's like a like you know you're building a stack and you just constantly want to see how high you can make it go mm. um and i I mean, don't get me wrong, I have a lot of friends who compete in, in the other organizations and uh, some of them are top, top of the world pros. But it's just, I, I respect that. And I'm a big fan of it as well, you know what I'm saying? I watched those guys when I was training. I watched the Ronnie Coleman's, I watched the Jay Cutler's, you know what I mean? They, they motivated the hell out of me. But that was, just, that was just my decision. That's just how I want to do it. And, um, and it's just, I can't derail from that. It's just, it's now, it's kind of my identity. And it used to really piss me off. It used to piss my friends off. And it probably still, still does piss my friends and family off. But I've got to the point now where it, I almost take it as a compliment that, that I, I'm that, that, I must look that good to these people that they can't see any other way. So for mm. me, I, I can only take it as a compliment now. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's not worth any energy loss my end. Um, they, you know, I'm clearly at that level where they think, no way, well, I just say thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of just the way I look at it. It's like, you know, if, if I, I don't drink alcohol and say you do, um, you know, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm not going to the, I'm not going to go for a drink with you. I'll come out with you. You know what I'm saying? Just you respect that I don't drink and, and maybe you might have a drink. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's just my principle and how I want to do it. So mm. I'm very proud of the way that I've done it. Because, yeah, I mean, the thing is that you look at bodybuilders and especially bodybuilders in the heavyweight division and it all, you automatically assume, right, this person, you know, it's, it's part and parcel. They must eat a lot of chicken and rice. They must go to the gym six times a week and they must be taking some form of um, anabolic steroid. But And, and to be fair, and I, 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 don't, I know as, as we chatted, you won't be offended by it, but in my um, experience as a trainer, if I was to look at you and not know anything about you, immediately you would assume someone to gain that mass and be that lean that they would have to have some assistance but I think that this is why you know people need to hear your story and um, and trust the process which is it sounds incredibly corny but one thing that I want to do is make sure that there's no lads getting into the gym at you know 16, 17, 18 thinking right I need to hit the gear because that's what all these guys do and I think you know your story is incredibly um motivational for these people and um, where, where do you stand on it now do you, do you try and give advice on, on the the um you know the benefits and, and staying drug free for as long as possible um well for, you know first of all going you know you're saying 16 year olds i feel a moral uh, obligation to be honest whenever someone comes up to me and they're, they're really young i can see they're young and they're training in the gym you know and i do get guys you know for kids should I say, coming up to me and, you know, they're asking, hey, you know, how do you get so big? Hey, you know, can you give me some advice? And I do, you know, because like I said to you, you, you and I think 
I think the guys who decided to compete unnaturally, they, they would probably agree with me, you know what I'm saying, in the fact that when you're that age, like 15, 16, you, your body's not fully developed. You should be trying to take your body to the absolute max naturally. I think everyone, everyone should agree with me on that anyway, you know what I'm saying, before you even think or contemplate about that decision. Because if you decide to do it unnaturally at that age, you're just going to shortcut yourself so much that there will be no potential, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's really important, I think, that, that everyone takes their genetics to their absolute maximum before they'd even contemplate that. Mm. I always feel a moral obligation to, to talk to these kids and just tell them that. And, you know, I hope they, they take that and, and they, they, they go that route anyway. And there was, there was never, I think because obviously you've mentioned genetics quite a few times, you can see that, you know, it's all, always come naturally to you, no pun intended, but like, you know, putting money, putting muscle on has always been like kind of a, a comfortable process for you. So there was never a point in your career where you kind of thought I might have to eventually, or did you just think, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this, my body's responding well, I'm, I'm good to go the way I am? Um, so with me, so I, I kind of... Uh, but when I was, I had a bad experience competing in natural bodybuilding one time. So there, there's a company called the AMB, and they're in the UK. And I, I won the Wales, and then um, I, I qualified for the British. I did two federations. I did the EFBB uh, Junior Wales, and that qualified me for the British. And I also did the AMB British uh, Wales, and then I went on to the British. So. Uh, I did the EFBB, which, you know, it's a free realm of, of whatever you want to do. And then I did the AMB, and they wouldn't take me because I competed in the other organizations. So it, it was kind of a politics deal for me. So um, I've always stuck with, with, with the natural bodybuilding, and I'll never go with any other federation than, than the one. So that's why I, I'm extremely grateful and happy to be part of the IMBA because they, they, they recognize the sport that I do and um, it, it's the best organization there. So. Mm. Wow. And so talking a little bit about the, um, you know, I couldn't not ask about the uh, WWE experience and the TNA one itself. Um, how, how did that, that journey come about and how does being on the road and, you know the the the, the stress of, of being in different cities on a on a daily basis. Did that impact your training at all, or were you still able to maintain size? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was that was a huge challenge. You know, like I said, I, I loved every single second of it, and I wouldn't trade it to the world. But you know, when you're when you're catching flights like super early in the morning, um, pretty much you catch a flight. Uh, you get to the airport, you pick up a car, you go to a hotel, check in, straight to the arena, do the show, um, straight back to the hotel, and then repeat for X amount of days. Plus, you've got to get a workout in there in between as well. And obviously, you know, if you, it's hard to food uh, meal prep um, days when you go, you know, for five days in a row or, or, or even more sometimes. So being on the road with wrestling was a really big challenge. And, that kind of had to resolve that by just eating out and just making really good decisions when you were there. You know what I mean? There's a few places um, in America anyway that 
that I rely on and luckily they're, they're pretty much in most of the cities that I travel to. So I just, I buy um, like three or four meals in these places and just take them with me all day. But, uh, you know, you're tired, you know, you're pretty beat up after a match. And then, you know, you're going to work out the next day. So it was, it was really demanding, you know what I mean? But it was, that was your job and that's what you do. And, and I loved it. So, you know, it's, it's just what I did. Um, what was the biggest, what the actual fuck moment in wrestling? So you, there must've been a point where you like, you just kind of had to almost pinch yourself and go, fuck, this is, this is nuts. I'm, I'm, I'm either here or that's that person or. Um, I've had lots of those actually, <laughs> you know, um, like I said, you know, one of them, this is not an order, but I was a huge fan of, of a lot of guys, you know, one of them, one of them, I was a huge fan of Hulk Hogan and, uh, he actually came to our company at one point. So to work with him was pretty cool. You know what I mean? To, to, to grow up as a fan watching him, um, just to see him backstage, you know, in the locker room, stuff like that. That, that was that was one of those moments for me. Um, the other one, the other one was when I did the bodybuilding show in two thousand and six, um, and that's why I turned professional for the first time in natural bodybuilding. And the WWE scouts came up to me. It was a long process, you know. I just competed in America. They said, "Hey, you know, we want to sign you." Um, as an athlete, as a WWE athlete, and I, you know, after about three or four weeks, when I went home back to Wales, I started doubting it because it's like, you know, I haven't had any emails, you know, this is the WWE, you know, and I kind of doubted myself and the process. And then um, I think it was like three months later that I had an email and they said, hey, we want you to come to Earl Court London and do a tryout with the WWE. And I said, okay, yeah, no problem. So I was like, right, packed my stuff. I went there and um, I remember walking around the corner of the back of the um, Earl Court and you saw all the WWE trucks all lined up and these things are massive. Do you know what I mean? There's about six or seven of them. And I walk, as soon as I saw them, I'm like, oh my God, this is real. And the first person I saw that went in was Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is, is, is the owner, or was, was the owner of WWE, my pretty much probably still is. Um, and I shook his hand, and it, it was just, I thought I was in dream world, you know what I mean? I'm actually meeting these guys that, that again, that I used to watch when I was a kid, and I'm going through, and I'm backstage, and I'm, I'm just meeting all of them, you know what I mean? And for me, that, that was huge, you know what I mean? So just, just meeting those guys, and I'm being able to... I work out with them, I just perform and, you know, just go through the ropes and just, just learning from them. That was, that was a huge moment impact when I first met them. Mm. And, uh, and be honest, you don't have to be modest now, how many of them asked you for training advice? <laughs> you have to ask them that. Okay. <laughs> so you, you haven't had any for like really weird experiences of like training chest with uh, the Undertaker or Triple H or anything like that? or. Uh, not, not too many, but, you know, like, we, we'd all exchange, you know, workouts and, and all that kind of stuff, and we all talk about, you know, training, because yeah. they're, they're all huge fans of, of the fitness industry as well, do you know what I mean? I mm. think professional wrestling comes hand-in-hand hand with fitness, so um, that's something that, that we all uh, had to relate on, do you know what I mean? And was there anybody who was particularly really into it, like, really into the lifting and training, or? 
know a lot of them, you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, yeah, like Dave Batista, I see him once in a while, you know, in Tampa and in Ben's gym. Mm. Um, I've seen all, all the guys, you know, I think when, when we went to TV tapings, we'd all go to the gyms in the morning and every day would be like a full roster in the gym. Do you know what I mean? It would be easier to pick out who's not there as opposed to who is there. So, you know, we all, we'd all be there getting our workouts on. So, cool. yeah, pretty much, much everyone. Awesome. Okay, Rob. So you've been through your training history and your diet and and um, and your time with WWE. And um, what what do you do at the moment then? How, how do you? Um, are you still a professional bodybuilder? And, and am I right in saying you're a fireman? Yes. So um, that, that, that's something pretty different for me, I guess. But um, I, I was when I was a kid, I, I loved the thought of being a firefighter and. Um, where I'm from, there was just the one station, and I knew a guy in the gym, and uh, I, I hope I hope he's not listening to this, but I remember in the gym, you know, the, the girls, they'd be like, oh, they'd love it, you know what I mean? And I, I, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, but um, I remember it just felt like such a process at the time, and it was really difficult to, to get into that, and I, I think as well, everything was sort of going on with my bodybuilding, so I, I couldn't really commit to that one thing. But I, I came out of my contract with uh, Impact Wrestling and I thought, you know, if I don't do this now, I never am. And I'm so grateful and thankful that, that I do. It's, you know, like when you go out to that wrestling curtain and, you know, the, the rush you get, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, just like when you go on stage as a bodybuilder, you know, it, it's a huge rush you're going to get. Well... I, I need something in my life as well that I get an adrenaline rush on. I need a firefighter it, it is that, you know, when you go on calls and, um, you, you know, you're, you're helping people to pretty much, they need you there. And uh, the guys that I work with, they're, they're willing to do whatever it takes to, to help someone out in, in their worst situation. So for me to be part of that is it, it, epic and it, it's kind of the next chapter in my life. Um, I, I still do professional wrestling. I still do that. Um, I still compete. I, I plan to compete at the end of the year and defend my, my, my title as natural Mr. Olympia. And, um, and you know, I'll try and get into a few other things as well, personal training, um, online coaching. That's probably something that I'm going to branch out into uh, in the near future. So there's a lot of things that I have that I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go and, and how they develop. Mm. Well, honestly, Rob, it's been an absolute um, pleasure to have you on the show. I really appreciate you giving up your time. Um, you know, Lucy and Kelly couldn't speak any highly of you, but actually to interview today, you know, you're an absolute top guy, and I really, really appreciate you um, featuring on the show and, and sharing some real pearls of wisdom there. Yeah, thank you very much again. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, what can I say about that one, apart from Rob has got to be one of the most humble, nicest guys I've ever come across. I'd heard good things, but you know, it wasn't until chatting to him properly that I really understood the extent of uh, what a nice guy he actually is. Um, I was dubious, and I, I said this to him during the podcast, after the podcast, like, you know, to see someone that size and mass, I wasn't sure whether it was unassisted or not, but after that chat, I do thoroughly believe that the guy is just a genetic freak and the product of insane hard work over a long period of time. So it's that formula again, hard work and patience, there you go. Um, in a very exciting announcement, I was chatting to Rob after the show and he will be going into the online 
um, training world. So if you are a natural bodybuilder and want to know about how to maximize your nutrition through supplements, uh, training splits, um, peak weeks, that will be all be services that Rob will have to offer. Um, so I was absolutely, I was honored to have him on the show. Got some great content and information from him. If you are interested in natural bodybuilding, I'd highly recommend checking out my podcast with James Poyner and AJ Morris because they're um, very high on the British scene when it comes to bodybuilding. Um, and you can also check out if you are into wrestling, my podcast with my brother from another mother, Chris Silvio, where we just chat shit for about two and a half hours. So that was episode number 55. Rob Terry, thank you all so much for listening. Mm-hmm.